all, Diana. Welcome to Built by a Boss. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing to be here. It's so nice to have you. And I'm excited about our conversation today. Um, You have created a wonderful company called Rise Advocates. And it's all about empowering women, which is what we're about here at Built by a Boss. Yes. Love for you to tell us what, um, tell us a little bit about Rise Advocates and, and where this company, this idea for this company came from. Well, thank you again for the opportunity to be here. And I, the whole idea of having women understand that they can rise and be advocates, not only for themselves and for others, stemmed from this idea that we all have these internal uh, challenges that we all have to face. And, And it stemmed also from this idea that I struggled as a professional woman who, when I was growing up, I really had a lot of trauma and challenges that I had to deal with. And typically those challenges and those traumas, they either are going to debilitate you or they're going to really challenge you. And for me, I really just dove into my um, education. You know, I come from, you know, a family of seven kids. I was the sixth kid and I was that one. It's like, I'm going to make it and I am going to make certain that my family is taken care of. Um, Grew up with an abusive father. And, um, and I was that kid who was saying that I want to make certain that no other young girl has to go through some of the challenges that we went through. And so as a result of that, those childhood traumas, those childhood challenges, you know, I thrust myself into, you know, getting education and um, working towards becoming an attorney and being that advocate, but never quite dealing with my childhood. See, as the and just diving in and taking over and getting promotions did very well in the corporate world. But it wasn't until I got married and I had kids, I started to realize I have a lot to deal with in my life. And I really started to just, you know, I was before that overlooking my past and never realizing the impact of my childhood and, and, and growing up with that, all those traumas and adversities, how that impacted me as an adult. Yes. And, and, and what, I, what I do know now after looking back was I had what's called adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And these adverse childhood experiences negatively impacted me in my adult life. And so I realized, you know, once I had kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to start working on myself. I need to start healing from the inside out because I was just challenged. And I wrote a book called Inspiration in My Shoes, which documents my my memoir of how going through and just documenting that childhood experience, which by the way, a lot of women experience. They have these childhood traumas, but we're never, ever dealing with them. And so I wrote this book. And as a result of that, Evelyn, I had all these women, these women who are doing very well in the world of their, in in their corporate experience and as a business women. But when I wrote the book, it was when they were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing your story. I deal with this. And so I realized through the pandemic that 
I needed to be a resource for women. And I have been a resource in, um, in the world of, in the corporate world, but then also doing work in schools and organizations, you know, helping them rise up with social emotional learning, trauma-informed care, diversity, inclusion, and self-care. But I wanted to focus on professional women, women like you and me, who really need to tackle and take care of what's going on on the inside so they can truly get to their calling and advocate for themselves and advocate for others. You know, as professional women, we have really no problem advocating for other women, other women and other people and other causes most times. But where, where we're challenged is looking deep within ourselves and advocating for ourselves. And so the Pivot and Rise Mastermind was born. And the whole idea is for us to really pivot toward our calling and to rise up to be the advocates that we've been called to be, not only for ourselves, just for ourselves and for others. And so, and, and as a result, to become a certified RISE advocate. And so that's a little, it's how it is in the nutshell. I love that because what I really love to do on this podcast, when I really mm. get a chance to talk with women like you who really want to use their story to be a vehicle and to be a vessel. It has a lot to do with your willingness to share your story and, and talk about those traumas because yes. what I find and through my own life and, you know, challenges that I've gone through is that sometimes those traumas are the driver for your success. And then when you reach that level of success, um, you realize you're still not whole, yeah. right? And so then you have to step back and say, okay, then what is it? And then that's when you start to realize that those traumas are affecting, um, they're driving you to be successful in the world, but they're undermining you emotionally and perhaps in your personal relationships. So do you feel that that is an important element to rising to really kind of step back and recognize because sometimes you don't know what the clues are. So, so how do you know that maybe there is, you're very successful and you're operating, you know, at your full potential on a certain level, but how do you know that your trauma is getting in the way? Yeah. A lot of times it's because we're hiding. Yeah. A lot of people hide under this facade and they have what's called an identity gap. Yeah. It's this perception. It's how we perceive ourselves in the world and who we are behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, Evelyn, when I knew that there was a problem was when I was asked, and this is the turning point for me, when I was asked to talk about um, on the United Way campaign for a company that I was worked at, work at, the general counsel asked me, what was my story? Mm -hmm. And when he asked me my story, I was wondering, well, what do you want to know? You know, right. kind of defensive, not really wanting to share a little bit of myself just to talk about myself because I was spent so much time hiding it. Right. And that's a real big clue is we're not willing to be transparent. We're, there's shame and a lot of shame that a lot of us have and guilt 
that we've we've built up. And those are not also clues that we're not really willing to share our story. And a lot of us have been taught, well, what happens in our home stays in our home. Right. And right. while you're right about that, Evelyn, while that, that those traumas, that drove me, but it still also crippled me mm-hmm. when I was trying to really be Diana and love every single aspect of her. You know, that she's she's crazy, she's loud, she likes to laugh a lot, yeah. she's just who she is. And also paying too much attention to what other people are thinking of you. Paying too much attention about the perceptions that other people have of you. Those are also clues, right? And then also, what is going on behind the scenes and how you talk to yourself? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of women have these, these um, conversations that they have with themselves are debilitating. And a lot of that comes from, and I'll say for specifically for me, I had a father who was constantly telling me, you disgust me, get out of my face, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me that's not going to affect me as I get older. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's going to affect me. But until I'm willing to pause and get down to the root of why I'm responding the way that I do. Why am I so defensive? Why am I so angry all the time with my husband, who is the most loving, kind, compassionate person that I could ever meet, right? right? These are all these types of clues that I ask women, let's, let's take a look at that, right? A lot of these women have so much success, but they are killing themselves on the inside. And they're not really loving themselves and taking time to really spend time in who they are and asking themselves, what do I need? What do I need to be able to fill myself up? And of course, for me, those are, those are the clues of really starting to understand that. And so I'm big on sharing your personal story. Right. And, you know, I could go on and on about my personal story about what, what happened to me. And, you know, wrote it all in my book called Inspiration in My Shoes. But a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Yeah. Is sharing their personal story. So here's the thing that I think is so important in this moment. Mm. And it's why I really wanted to kind of talk to you about your program and and really breaking down, you know, helping women understand, well, what is it that, what is it about this program or, or any other program that, I need. And so many times it's about recognizing where you are in the context of your growth. And so this Mm -hmm. moment right now, we're in the middle of Um, COVID-19. A lot of people have lost their incomes. Um, Their lives have changed. We're not necessarily going to work every day where you can polish up and present a certain image. And so what I find that is also a big clue right now is losing the identity that you have built over so many years. And so when that job is taken away or Mm -hmm. or that public perception is taken away or that income is taken away, you're left with you. And Mm -hmm. if you're not comfortable with you, then that's where that work also has to start because you're like, well, who am I without my job? Who am I without my car? Who am I without this big house? And if you don't know, to me, that is the beginning of the crisis point where you as a professional could step in and speak with someone. Because right now, a lot of people, they're feeling like 
who am I without all of these things that I've spent years cultivating? Right. And so it requires us to get quiet. Yeah. Right? A lot of women have a, and the women that I do, they have a hard time being quiet. Yeah. And getting to the root of who they are. And so when I work with women, I always talk about your calling. Like, do you know what it is that makes you tick? What is it that makes you want to jump out of bed? What is it that makes you believe in something more than what you can see around you? And so a lot of times we start with, what are you being called to do? And the only way that you're going to understand that you're, what you're being called to do is to get quiet and to establish a daily practice that allows you to be able to carve out time. And I say in the morning time is the ideal time to be able to do that so that you can spend some time getting to know who you are. And that requires you to, for me, of course, I'm, I, I always encourage women to take time for their meditation time, take time for prayer. I'm a spiritual person. And so I'm constantly saying that we have to understand how to develop a relationship with God yes. and really get into study right? And studying the word of God and really focusing in on how, what is God calling me to do? And I firmly believe in the way you, to document, how are you speaking to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. What are the words that you're constantly telling yourself? And it starts with that, Evelyn, it starts with that daily practice. And most people, they get up in the morning time, they shoot to where they need to go to, like they get to work, and, um, and they don't spend any time in that private time. Yeah. And this COVID-19 period, because all you're doing is getting up and then you're just sitting in your, your house. Yeah. That's enough to drive people insane yeah. right? because they need that co connection. Right. And yeah. so there's where the disconnect is. And you have to spend that. And that's a big, big, huge part of what we do is working on that and mindset and getting into renewing your mind and spending time trying to figure out what that call is, that connection between what God, what you're saying to other people about who you are, but then what it, you're saying to yourself of who you are and what God says you who you are. So journaling, meditation, prayer time, um, reading, spending time reading books about people who you admire too, you know, autobiographies, re really spending time in understanding and carving out that specific time for you is critical. And then we get into other personal development practices, such as, you know, visualization, really starting to understand and putting down some, some, some ideas of where you see yourself going and creating that that forward movement and understanding what does that future look like for me, right? And when you have something to look forward to, that's so very important because that helps you to be able to understand a little bit of, of who you are and where you're going. Another thing that we like to do is gratitude. Um, a lot of people don't spend time um, taking time to talk about what they're grateful for in the morning time and documenting not only what they're grateful for, but then also to that gratitude for what is to come, you know? And so those, we spend a lot of time on personal development practices in the work that we do because getting that 
foundational root work going is critical. And a lot of the women that come through our program, they they talk about the fact that I don't ever spend time doing that. Yes. And that's critical. So that's, that's another thing that we do when we talk about your superpowers, you know, what are the things that you dismiss that you're really good at, but you have found that that's too easy to say, that's yeah. my superpower. It just comes too easy to me. And so we spend a lot of time talking about those giftings, which we call superpowers, and we write that down and we spend time just really getting comfortable with um, that. And then also too, another thing, everyone, I'll keep going, but it's talking about getting comfortable with your story. Yes. Um, and then um, getting into this element of forgiving the things that have gotten in the way and blocked you from blessings that you don't even know that you have been, you blocked. So, um, you know, it's really getting reconciling yourself with your story. So the way it goes is we have what's called a calling mastery, mindset mastery, personal development mastery, this professional development, and then we move into advocacy and service. Those are the six elements of the Rise Advocates program that we spend a lot of time working on. I love that because I, I'm a huge advocate of wellness. I have a wellness company called In My Solitude Way. Yes. And I'm a teacher, Reiki practitioner, and so meditation, all of that is a part of our program as well. And what I love is being able to connect with women like yourself who are doing similar programs around the country because mm -hmm. we all need to have a source, you know, to go to. And some programs work for some women and some for others, but we all need to have resources and connections and so that we can say, um, talk to Diana. She has a wonderful program that you may enjoy. And these are the steps and this is what you need to, to know. Because for me, the really, the important thing is to know thyself, to really... Yes. Um, be able to dig down and, and learn to love yourself. And this yes. pandemic is putting us all in a situation where if you don't love yourself, you, you just can't, you're, you're going nuts because you're with yourself. All the time. <laughs> with yourself yes. all the time. Yes. And so you need to have a, a way in which, um, an entry point through which you can start to investigate um, what your calling could be, but you can't do that until you really figure out how, how do I feel about myself? And, and so those are some other things like when you talk about becoming, mm -hmm. you know, um, an advocate for yourself, mm -hmm. How, how do you know whether or not you are your own best friend? You, because you mm -hmm. can't really advocate or coach someone else if you're not being that for yourself, if your mm -hmm. self-talk isn't mm -hmm. great. So, yes. so let's just talk about that because I want to kind of talk about those clues for people and then we can mm -hmm. redirect them back to you because a lot of times we don't think we need, we don't think we need therapy. We don't need, no. we need to talk to anybody. No. And so yeah. you have to be able to, to, to hear those 
possibilities. Like, well, perhaps, perhaps you could be going through this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I love being able to kind of just put the breadcrumbs out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A lot of times we're not, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Right? And because as professional women, a lot of people come to us for answers and solutions. And so it, it isn't until, like we said, the time when you're forced to slow down to really see that, oh my gosh, I don't know if I like myself. Yeah. I don't know that I really um, am, am confident in who I am. Can I say no to this without feeling a sense of guilt, the guilt, right? Because a lot of us have a hard time saying no to things that we know don't fill us up because we're so busy trying to answer the call for so many people. And that's usually a red flag that if you have a hard time saying no, and if you are oftentimes obsessed with the idea that if I do say no, you're constantly going through a mental exercise that is causing you to feel stuck because you're sitting there thinking about what they might say and they're fall, you fall into fear. You know, that false evidence appearing real tends to just kind of grate at you. And so by the time you get done, you're saying yes, yes, yes to every single little thing that's coming along, especially when I find also during this pandemic, because there's Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, there's all these causes, there's all these things that you feel obligated to go towards because you've lost that sense of identity. Right. right. And so a lot of times it's those are usually red flags. Um, and so, again, spending time in in um, in your in your solitude to be able to understand and talk to yourself and have those affirming words to yourself. And I believe also, you know, listening to God's promises, you know, really documenting those and actually reciting those constantly to yourself. When you're feeling that sense of anxiety or that feeling of overwhelm or doubt that comes along, and you can start to kind of document and speak that truth to yourself constantly. So I, I don't think that um, women really have taken the time to understand that these are those red flags that you need to pay attention to, right? And most women are going through that anxiety right now. Um, And, and they need to find that sense of groundedness. And that only comes, again, with that daily practice. And, um, and I say, you have to take a daily temperature of your heart. Mm -hmm. It's examining any shame, blame, guilt, that has built up over time, which tends to disallow you to be able to reach out to other people. Um, And a lot of people have lost that. You know what, what's also something that's really important that I have been working through and that totally ties into what you're saying. And, and when we talk about the idea, when people say something about you, when, when, when people talk about you and whether or not you internalize what they are saying, because a lot of times it's like, well, if you're impacted by what someone says about you, how much of what they're saying do you believe is true? 
And so when you can't say no, sometimes you're worried about what people are going to say. They're going to say, I'm selfish. Well, am I selfish? Do I believe I'm selfish? If I don't believe that I'm selfish, then I'm not going to internalize that. So a lot of times it's that really digging in to really identify who I think I am in a positive way so that when someone tries to push on me what I'm not, I, I don't internalize it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a lot of people have never spent the time analyzing that. They haven't taken the time to realize that that is the that is the fundamental thing that most people struggle with. Yes. It's that fear of judgment. Yes. Right? We we're constantly going through. And I, I've also come to realize with the women that I've been dealing with is we need to have community yes. with other women to know that other women of certain calibers struggle with this. Yes. This is not just you. This is a universal thing. And, you know, I love the book, The Four Agreements uh, by mm-hmm. Don Miguel Ruiz, who talks about, you know, not taking anything personally. Yes. That is a huge, people are taking person, everything personal because there's, and they're drinking in that poison because it's poison. Because if they say something, how does that have any relevance to you? The other thing I also realized, they'll say, people will say, well, they think I am. Mm-hmm. Well, who is the they? Yes. <laughs> okay. Who is the they? And when did you have a conversation with them? The they. <laughs> the they that said that. This is, again, everything is coming up from the programs in our brain, right? And when we focus on that, when we consistently focus on what other people are saying, then we get ourselves into a small box. Yeah of limited beliefs and we can't get out. You know, Evelyn, I love this work that we do because I feel it's the most important work, right? Because we can go out and we can read books. We can go out there and, you know, get educated. We can get our degrees and we can get all of those kinds of things. But until we are starting to really understand who we are behind the scenes and loving that woman, behind the scenes, we will never be able to have the impact that we are supposed to have in this life. Yes. We've been gifted. We've been gifted with certain gifts, as I like to say, that can solve problems, solve the problems. And oftentimes it's not housed in your career. It's not housed in your title, right? Because we've built too much um, up into that status. Mm -hmm. It's usually under a whole bunch of layers that we're talking about right now. And then we go, oh, it's been here all along. All the time. The whole time. But it was under a whole bunch of layers of what people have said, taking things personally, making assumptions and all this stuff. And what the pandemic has allowed us to be able to do is to dig deep into that. And a discovery happens. And then most people are like, oh my gosh, I have finally found what I've been put on this earth to do, right? I'm not saying that these fears 
these fear of judgment or this, um, these other fears, they may not go away, but you have tools to figure out how to deal with them. And then you, you more easily recognize them. You're, oh, there it is again. This is coming up again. Yeah. And then you have tools to deal with them. Yes. But it's, it requires a lot of us to just um, slow ourselves down to be able to know that. Absolutely. You know, I, I like it to say it's like being calm, having this stillness and being calm in the center of these storms. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I believe every single one of us wants to be able to achieve. Um, and but again, until we're until we're willing to reconcile ourselves with our own story, will we be able to move forward? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So two more questions for you. Yes. One that I love to ask is. You know, we all have 24 hours in a day and how we use that time determines so much of how successful we are in terms of moving forward and finding that purpose and and living in our calling. So what are three things that you try to do every day that you feel are directly responsible for the success you have achieved and that you are now achieving in life? Yes. Well, first of all, I just want to say an overarching thing is every woman needs to document their values. Mm-hmm. What are their top five values? And making certain after every single day that they that they see a reflection of behaviors that match those values. So first, my value, my first value is really yeah. making certain that I live with a sense of health and wellness, right? Mm-hmm. And so getting up every morning at the same or close to the same time between 5.30 and 6 a.m. to do my daily practice, right? That is critical to my success. I have to fill my cup up first before I can start filling up anybody else's. And so that requires, again, my, I do yoga every morning. I'm doing my journaling and my prayer time. Connection with God is the number one success factor. I think another success factor for me is making certain that I am pouring into my in my family. You know, connecting with my husband and having you know, family is like my second value, right? Yes. Is 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 making certain that I'm connecting. Well, first is of course establishing that health and wellness practice and connecting with God, my faith. But my family and connecting with my family is so critical, I believe, because it nourishes my soul. Yes. It makes me um, believe that there's it's this this unity, you know, that I know that I have this partnership with my family, and so that I I truly believe is is a is a part of my success. And then also my tribe, my yeah. friends, you know, and just making certain that I have that you know, under not underlying connection with them, I believe those are critical success factors for me because I'm all about, I'll call it a girdling, a, a foundation of wholeness. If I have that deep in my soul that I know that God is with me, that I, you know, I've taken, I've, I've filled myself up and I've, you know, connected with my family I can serve. 
I can go out there and serve people and I don't expect anything in return because I'm already filled up. Right? Yeah. I don't have to make certain that I have the status or anything like that. And I believe it's what I you know, preach in our program is that when you fill yourself up and you do all those kinds of things that are making certain that you're whole, then you can advocate and serve. Yeah. But until those are all checked, and that's why I'm not asking you to do in the program anything I'm not doing. Right, right. But when you ask me those success factors, to me, that's success. So when I'm like in my last and final days and I, I can look back, I can say, yes, you know, it is well with my soul because I've been doing those kinds of things and taking what I call uncomfortable action. You know, getting outside of myself because I've poured into myself. I can give um, so much more to other people and especially to young women because that's huge, huge, huge part. Um, and Evelyn, if I can say this, is that, you know, it's really hard to show up for your younger self, um, yeah. that young person that you wanted when you, that person you wanted when you were younger. You have to realize that the cleaned up version of yourself, quote unquote, that younger person can't relate to you. Uh uh So the more open and vulnerable that you can be to that younger person is a direct relationship to the impact that you're going to have on that person. That's a really good point that you make because that also requires that you heal the relationship you have with that younger part of yourself and that you have compassion for her. And so when you're able to do that, then you don't judge that young girl that you encounter because until you clear up and accept the mistakes that you made as a young Come girl, on. you're That's right. all of that nonsense onto that person. So that that is really, really important because as young women, society puts us in a box in terms of what we are supposed to be and how we're supposed to show up. And when you make any type of mistake, you do deal with disappointment and shame and and you internalize it. And so you go through your life and come into your womanhood, um, not fully accepting who you are. So then when you turn around and you try to mentor a young person, that's right. How can you fully do that when you haven't really tapped in and, and healed that part of yourself that may have made that same mistake, you know? And we're so, cause because we live in judgment, we're quick to judge. Yes. And we're not willing to have grace and compassion that's necessary to reach that young girl. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in that mentoring and serving role. And before um, doing this work, I was spending a lot of time with teen moms. Mm -hmm. And these teen moms are the most, they tend to be the most ostracized group. Yeah. Right? Because they went out and had a baby. Well, we need to come alongside them. And it was really hard to find women to do that. These, yeah. I'm like, because we need to really love them. But then I realized, oh, we ourselves haven't healed ourselves to be able to have room for that other young girl. Yeah. And oftentimes, so they remind us of our ourselves, mm-hmm. right? 
because we, you know, well, I got through it and this is what I did. But really, honestly, we haven't really gotten through it, right? We've just, you know, put a, put a title on it and put a suit on it and some makeup on it. But we haven't really dug down deep in order to be able to serve that young girl. And I believe that's a cause for even the gap as women experience these equity gaps, you know, because we, until we can really get down to the root of who we are, are we going to be able to, to lessen that gap of us being able to advance in our careers and in everything? So that is, again, everything we're talking about, Evelyn, is the foundation of us being these successful women that I know that we've been called to be. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, what the, what the pandemic has really, really driven home for me is this idea of being more gentle with myself. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. as Black women, we often find ourselves being judged harshly, judging each other harshly mm-hmm. when we make mistakes, when we don't show up perfectly. And we don't always get the benefit in society of just being nurtured and embraced and and just loved for where we are and who we are as the work in progress that we all are. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think it's this time where Let's be more compassionate and more gentle and more forgiving because if we knew all the answers, then what is the point of life? You know what I mean? What is the point of it all if we are supposed to know everything, do it right the first time, um, show up perfectly quaffed, all of that? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. just like, you know what? If I can't get grace from society or the world or people that I know or love, then I have to give it to myself first. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I really feel, and I just want to just put an exclamation point on this, is that it's finding that network of women who you can be with, to be also to be very authentic and to be extremely vulnerable with. And which gives you the opportunity to expand that into other areas. Uh, and I, I cannot, if the pandemic has done anything, it's really kind of stripped away these, you know, false relationships that we've built up um, and really getting into clearly identifying who your who your true true tribe is, um, and to really work with them and, and spend time with them, and it's so very important to nurture those healthy relationships and sharpening one another to live that authentic life, right? Um, so I think that's so so very important. So last question: This podcast yes. is called Built by a Boss. Yes. What ma'am. is your definition, Diana Patton, of a boss? Oh, wow. My definition of a boss is owning your true power, you know, owning every aspect of who you are, you know, really loving every aspect of you, right? The silly, for me, it's just being able to, I speak on stages. Um, My stages have been behind screens right now, right? But when I feel like a boss, I get to walk into a room, my shoulders back, 
my smile on, and I am constantly finding a way to truly see people, right? To see them, but for them to see me, to just be open, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, just to be everything and just do it without any fear. You know, I'm that person who I go and I dance, I'm dancing by myself. Because I have my own dance party. That's what a boss does. A boss is able to just own and get in that room, not try to dominate, but just walk in there with with confidence and courage and the mindset that I know that God is with me wherever I go. So I get to be strong, I get to be bold, and I get to be courageous. And to be that person that I know that God's called me to be, that is being a boss. That's right. <laughs> yes. Love that. So Diana, where can people get in touch with you? How can they learn more about Rise yes. Advocates? Yes, please go to riseadvocates.com. And it is a course that I have built that will be kicking off in the third week of January. It's going to be our second cohort, cohort the second week of January. Read every inch of that page and see if that is for you. I also want folks to listen to the graduate testimonials. We had seven women who came through the class, our last cohort class, who got amazing things to say that talk about that. So go to riseadvocates.com. If you are a school or organization who's needing to develop your culture and climate, you can go to risewithdiana.com. And of course, I'm on social. You can go to Instagram. You can go to Facebook and um, LinkedIn and check me out there too. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think I loved it. We're going to be inspired by you. Everybody check out riseadvocates.com. Diana Patton, you're wonderful. Thank you. You're so awesome, Evelyn. Today. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm.